0: This is kenneth wong senior editor for de early 3d printers used primarily plastic based materials but the use of metal powdered metal is a game changer as many would say this elevates 3d printers from prototyping machines to manufacturing equipment for mass production but is it easy to get a 3d printed part certified by the regulatory bodies Will they signed off on a 3D printed metal armrest for a new plane or a 3D printed component for a landing gear, for example? And how good are the simulation software at predicting what happens to a design during the printing process? To discuss these, we have Lyle Levine, a senior physicist at the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Lyle, welcome. Would you say a few words about who you are and what you do?
1: Uh, thank you, Kenneth. Uh, well, as you said, I'm at the National Institute of Standards and Technology which is essentially the premier measurement institute uh, for the United States. So we do a lot of stuff when it comes to measuring things. And so I spend some of my time running uh, most of the materials research uh, at NIST on metals additive manufacturing. A lot of that is also measurement-related. Uh, but I also spend a lot of time uh, with what I call science and engineering infrastructure development efforts. Uh, and those take place. Uh, pretty much all over the country. Uh, It's things like synchrotrons and and very high level, uh, high performance computing simulations and so forth. Uh, And I also do a lot of work with synchrotron research. So um, that's essentially my hobby nowadays, is doing synchrotron research.
0: So the first question is, is Metal-AM mature enough to rival traditional manufacturing methods for large volume production of commercial products? Or is it still very much a technology for producing one-of-a-kind unique parts in limited small volume.
1: Before I get to that, I'd like to start by uh, uh, just mentioning that anything I say today is my own personal opinion and is not an official position of the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Well, additive manufacturing is, is certainly maturing rapidly and it's being used for a lot of different applications, but it's never going to compete with traditional manufacturing methods for high-volume production of of fairly simple, identical parts. That's just not the strength of additive. Additive really shines when you need to make a highly complex part or when weight, for example, is a major factor. Uh, Other areas where additive is likely to play a major role is things like mass customization or building replacement parts on demand. So I think instead of thinking about additive as taking over from other manufacturing methods, Uh, for existing applications, I think it's best to think about additive as enabling an entire new manufacturing space where traditional methods actually can't compete with it. So so I think I turn the question uh, the other way around.
0: For those people unfamiliar with the process, what tends to be the challenges in qualifying or certifying a new metal part produced in AM? How does For example, the size or the application of a part affect the amount of work involved in wait time or certification.
1: Well, my experience with qualification and certification is pretty much restricted to aviation applications. So, So that's about the only thing I can talk about. And there, safety is a major concern. You don't want to get onto a plane and worry that it might fall out of the sky because some critical part breaks. Now, for aviation, Introducing any kind of a new material or a new manufacturing process for flight critical components, uh, is typically a years to decades long process. So today most qual insert is done just through extensive material and part testing. So it's measurement, 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 and more measurement. And it's even harder to uh, qualify and certify additive parts because that process produces material that can vary from place to place within a component. So the methodology of testing is is not as applicable. So there are a lot of challenges in using AM built components for, for any kind of critical structural applications. Um, how we get past that is is not really completely clear right now. Uh, the FAA and other certifying government agencies are well aware of these challenges, and they're trying to figure out how to bring additive into this kind of a space. And they're working with industry and national labs and academia to try to produce guidance on how Qual and Cert can be made less expensive and time-consuming while keeping everything safe. So so I'm involved in, in some of those efforts. And we're hoping that computer simulations can play a larger role Uh, Not in supplanting the measurements, but supplementing them and maybe uh, reducing the number that are needed to go to a final stage. And and only time will tell how well that's all going to turn out.
0: Can we give some specific examples? I'm thinking a 3D printed cabin partition might take less time to certify and qualify than, say, a 3D printed part that will go into an engine or a landing
1: gear. Well, that's, that's absolutely true. If anything that is flight-critical structural component has an extremely high bar, before that will be allowed onto an airplane. But if you're just trying to do something like a, like a bracket in the cargo hold, that's relatively simple, and the, the certification requirements are quite low. So, yeah, it all depends upon the specific application. Um, if you wanted a specific example, uh, one is, would be fuel injectors, for example, in the LEAP engine. Uh, which is a which was one of the early success stories for additive manufacturing of metals. That's not a structural component as such, but it's a highly critical component, and that made it onto aircraft because it's a very complex part that is extremely difficult to make using traditional methods. You have to make something like 25 individual parts, weld and braze them together, and and that actually produces more durability issues than the additive where you could build the whole thing in in a relatively small number of components. But if this was a structural part critical for uh, the flight, then uh, it probably still wouldn't be certified at this point.
0: Are there things that simulation software vendors should do to improve the product's ability to accurately simulate AM processes and predict the deformation or the morphing that happens to the design?
1: Well, overall, the simulation software companies, I think, have actually been doing a really good job at developing producing products that provide really valuable predictions that their customers need. But in general, they face a lot of challenges. Basically, the amount of physics that goes into one of these simulations, if you really try to include all the physics, is is completely prohibitive. Uh, with the fastest supercomputer in the world, if you put all the physics into it that we know how to put in, uh, it would take months uh, of, of clock time to run just a small, single simulation. So there's a huge trade-off between simulation cost and how much real physics you're putting into the simulation. And if you want to do a simulation for industry uh, that can actually be used, then they need to be able to run in just hours or at most a couple of days, on workstation-level computer hardware. So the trick is understanding how little amount of physics you can put in that you can get away with, and tailoring how much you're putting in for the given application. Uh, So one way of of doing that is to develop uh, simpler codes that are validated against really rock-solid accepted measurements. And that's where things like uh, AMBENCH comes in, which is the Additive Manufacturing Benchmark Series that I put together in 2015, uh, we provide rigorous benchmark data that simulation community can use to calibrate and validate less expensive simulations.
0: At the upcoming CASE-21 virtual conference co-hosted by NAFEMS, an industry group, and DE, that is us, Lars will be giving a talk titled Supporting the Simulation Community by Building a Broad-Based Additive Manufacturing Infrastructure. Now, did I get it right, Lyle?
1: Uh, Yes, you did.
0: Thank you very much, Lyle. Everybody, thank you for listening. Until next time, this is Kenneth Wong for DE. Bye for now.